Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Then I can tell them all about my first iron brew. My first iron brew experience. It was in the back garden. My auntie, oh my godmother was Scottish. She lived in Glasgow. Uh-huh. As any good any good Irish man has a of course. some sort of family of connection in, in Scotland. And it was in her back garden. I I don't know why. I, I don't have a great memory, but I clearly remember my first ever can of iron brew. Sort of Scottish sunshine. That's probably why I remember it. Don't know, but whenever anyone asks you to describe the taste, the I you never chewing know what gum. to say. Ah, I went for chewing gum, that's how I would I describe it. I don't know, it. I just mm. think there's no there's no way of describing it at all. I'd go for a metallic Fanta. Oh, that's, oh, that's not bad. That, yeah, that's, uh. He's smarter than he looks, isn't he? <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Joanna has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> no. I don't it think is, I want to try it either. It is a very particular fizzy drink from Scotland. Um, and I think it was me and you who were talking that they, um, the, new, the old recipe is available on eBay. For a lot of money. For a lot, you can buy yeah. the cans for a lot of money. They changed yeah. the recipe. Uh, you were eating cockroaches today. Well, not cockroaches. They were um, crickets. Oh, but crickets. it was not me. It was Louise. Oh. <laughs> there was, I didn't try it. This place is a nut house. <laughs> there, there was crickets to eat in uh, the one for And Louise liked today. it. But then he found out what it was because he was eating it without knowing, without uh-huh. seeing it. Well, you sent me a picture. Yeah, it doesn't look good. It, does, it, it looks like a cricket. <laughs> exactly. There's no really hiding the cricketness <laughs> yeah. behind it. Anyway, joining me, Ian McCourt, on today's One Football podcast is Matt Froelich. Hey. Pora Guilin. Hello. And Joanna Bueno. Hi. It's a new season, but it's the same old address should you wish to get in touch with any questions or comments for us. That is podcast at onefootball.com. We really do appreciate them, so please come them, <clears throat> excuse me, please keep them coming in. And hey, if you time, pop over to your friendly neighborhood iTunes store, leave a comment and a rating. Let us know how we're doing. Pork said he'd come over to your house and make you tea if you do. So uh, <laughs> that's, that's pretty nice of him, isn't it? I had to be shown how to work the coffee machine the other day, so I'm not sure (laughs) I'm the best guy to ask. So there we have it. The summer is over. The Premier League is back. And I'm struggling to think of a more action-packed weekend than this one. Uh, Maybe start with Manchester City. I put it to you, all of you big football brains. West Ham were being touted as a top six contender. Yet they're absolutely tonked by Man City. Is this a bad thing for the league? Joanna? Well, I didn't really watch the match, but I think oh. Man City winning, scoring five goals in one match or the first match is just a pretty regular thing, right? So it just pretty much shows that it's still Man City. And maybe that the league will be more or less between City and Liverpool like it was last year, because, you know, Liverpool also did a very good first match. But I didn't really think, I didn't really have that many high hopes about West Ham, so I wasn't really disappointed. Oh. But yeah, it's a bit bad for the league, I think, because, you know, the ever the middle table teams losing, <laughs> getting five goals in the first match, it can be a bit heartbreaking. It is a little, Matt. Um, yeah, a, a lot heartbreaking. Uh, but I don't, I don't think that because it's the first match, it needs to be taken out of any more context of you're coming up against Man City and most teams are going to lose. That could have been a start of season game, a middle or an end of season game. It would have been the same outcome. I, what I really think it showed is that City, City, Liverpool, and potentially Spurs, I'm going to put in that category, 
I've, I've come with a new transfer market strategy. It's not just signing players for the hell of it or signing a big name or shirt sales. It's a, it comes really down to an identification of what they've got in the squad, what they need and the best kind of players. Because City didn't need to go out and sign a whole load of players or flex their financial muscle. They bought in one or two which they felt they needed. Rodri was obviously, a, I think, fantastic addition. And it didn't disrupt anything because Liverpool and City continued as if the season never ended. They they just stepped back on like it was game week 39 of last season and just continued to just do what they do. And there was no real difference and there was no real, as with West Ham, with new players coming in and all hype and expectation. And they're not quite sure and have they brought in the right guy? And it just, it looks like in the transfer market, not only have they got more money, the bigger clubs, but they're also a lot smarter. But that's a little bit what transfer strategies should be, isn't mm. it? Like to, you know, fill the gaps that you have in your team. But most teams have lost their way in transfers, yeah, especially but, with those really high values. But the, the problem is that, it, I, again, I sympathize with West Ham and a lot of other teams. It is difficult when you're, when you're trying to make a big step up. You've seen it with the promoted teams. As soon as you're promoted, you're like, are we good enough? Is this guy good enough? Do we need new players? And you bring in loads like Fulham did last season. When you're, when you're as a team more comfortable with what you've done, you know you're good enough and you just need one or two tweaks, it's fine. If you're a lower league side, I say lower, mid-table, a Watford, a West Ham, even at Everton potentially, those kind of guys, they've got a massive goal in mind. They're looking at their whole squad thinking, can we get into the top six or even break the top four? And big changes are needed. And it, it's almost as if you, you kind of have to do it step by step. Much like, as I say, Spurs have done, where you get to the point where you add one or two. So West Ham should build, say, you know what? Let's get top 10 this year. Then let's add that one key player to get top six. And then one more, and then just sort of strategically over five or six years, because... The word project is always linked with Jurgen Klopp and Guardiola and Pochettino. You don't hear about... The West Ham project. Yeah, the West Ham project. It's just... No one views Pellegrini as being that kind of manager or many managers. I guess that's why the best ones are at the top. It's a sort of sensible approach that certainly won't catch on anytime soon. But I, I, yeah. I think you're right. But it's, it's too sensible. It, it, it's much easier for the top teams to do when you've got an array of talent. And if you don't bring anyone in, like Liverpool did, you're still good. Yeah. Like when there's no need to make a change, it's obviously a bit easier to sit back and bide your time for the right guy. But if the pressure's on, then... Yeah. Do you think anybody think uh, we don't have Dan Burke here to ask him? Does anybody think it gets a bit boring being a Man City fan? No, no, no. Wait, hold on. Let me let me let me make, let me make you come back to it. But like that game against West Ham, uh, you know, they could have. Yeah, I mean, it's an identity game. You know, they they could have played that game a hundred times over. You've you've seen it all before from City. Yeah, I know, but I I have Dan's back here just because I get the same thing for where people say the same thing about oh do you not get bored winning all the time and it's I think me and Dan talk, were talking about this the other day it's like any football fan who would get bored of their team that's why you watch football isn't it to see your team win I would happily watch my team win 6-0 week after week sometimes I do <laughs> great fun yeah but as a football fan I get bored watching, as a general football yes, fan yes I get bored mm. watching Man City I know they're gonna win and I know they're gonna win 5-0 6-0 3-0 so I expect like I wait just for the big matches when I know that maybe they'll tie or maybe they'll win just 1-0 mm -hmm. and the rest of them I, I don't really pay much attention to anymore because it gets boring yeah there's a great story from uh, Miguel Delaney in the Independent during the week that uh, one of the trainers 
was told that even if he's a kilogram overweight, he can't go on preseason with the team. That's the sort of exact things that Pep Guardiola is bringing to Manchester City. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, is now a good point to let out our frustrations about VAR? Yes, that was. I go on. Depending Maybe. on which bit you talk, I'm talking about Wolves Leicester. Oh, okay. That well, was the City well, West Ham game as so well. So harsh. Oh, the City West Ham one as well. well. I thought right. Can you explain the City West Ham one for for anybody who missed that? It so was, Raheem Sterling was just to be offside from his shoulder downwards. Yeah. From, from sort of leaning forward a sliver of his shoulder yeah I thought the rule was anything you could score a goal with so if you're offside by your hand it's not offside because yeah. you can't score with your hand mm-hmm. technically you can score with your shoulder but I mean we're talking about you guys can't see obviously yeah. in between like the smallest part of your body and also think the other thing that it doesn't take into account and it was brought up last year in it was the League Cup when uh, Spurs won the first leg of the semi-final with Kane being supposedly offside and then onside completely to do with your body shape and your momentum so when a defender's leaning forward to try and push up and Sterling's leaning his forward to try and get to the goal, like, of course he is. Mm-hmm. So Raheem Sterling's trying to get an advantage and move towards the ball. Of course he's going to be leaning forwards. There's no way that you could train it in him to lean back with a defender. <laughs> and run. Yeah, and then run <laughs> forwards like some sort of cartoon. You know, th- these sort of things have to be acknowledged. And I think when a player... It, it's difficult to say, of course, when a player stood in the same position as he was with the defender but his arm's a bit further forward what advantage is he gaining if he's got a step on his rival I understand That's, yeah Leicester what happened to Leicester Wolves so Leicester Willie Bolly the, the Wolves defender went in for a header um, missed the ball and it struck his arm ever so slightly hit the middle of his arm he wasn't even wasn't looking wasn't even looking at the he ball wasn't yeah, looking, he, he wasn't he was, aware of it he yeah. in all you know just completely missed the ball mm-hmm. <laughs> right from the header hit his arm bounced down and then Donko fired it in and it was given as a handball which is just but it is the way they've changed the rules yeah. <clears throat> technically by the letter of the law it should be disallowed it's a shite law but it, yeah it, yeah, it really much. is a shite yeah. law this one gets yeah. I mean I'm not a big fan of error but this one really gets me yeah, mm. yeah. nonsense really so uh, anything else worth mentioning from this game any positives from West Ham fans to take from it didn't get any injuries <laughs> <laughs> there's still 37 games to go yeah. that's literally the only positive <laughs> Okay. Uh, as for the team that came second to City last season, Liverpool, they look bright against Norwich, but I would worry about the amount of space between midfield and defence. I think a better team than Norwich would have punished them. Paul, yeah, you, were, Norwich, you were watching this one. Yeah, Norwich had their, not so much maybe clear-cut chances, but they did have times when they got in behind early and second half. They were a lot better second half, created chances then as well, so... There was times you thought a better team than Norwich, a bit more cutting edge, would hurt them. And then last night in the Super Cup, obviously, we saw Chelsea pretty much did that. The whole first half, Chelsea did what Norwich couldn't, took advantage of the the chance that came their way. They couldn't see it out. But I think, yeah, there's been enough in both those games, the Norwich and Chelsea game. And I know he changed the defence around for both, but that he has some slight issues. Alison, obviously that's mm. being the big one now but yeah there's a few slight concerns I'd say for, for defence for do yeah. we know how long Alison's going to be out? you're Brazilian a few weeks that's few what weeks. they said okay I'm, I'm guessing about two months tops 
Oh, two months. That's a long time for a, a title race. Yeah, to, a one title to two months, I think. Can they cope without him for two months? I don't know, Adrian. He got all the, the plaudits for saving one penalty in the Super Cup, but his overall performance in that game was a bit... He gave Warrior. away the penalty. He gave away, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you could argue a dive or not, but he's yeah. still off his lane. There was times in the second half and an extra time, there was a few shots. He just parried into worrying areas. His distribution is nowhere near the level of Alisson. So if Joanna's saying, like, if it is maybe two months and you're a team that wants the challenge for the Premier League title, I don't know if Adrian can do that. I mean, he was released... Maybe other reasons for it, but he was still released by West Ham because Fabianski obviously was so good. But yeah, don't know. It's not a good. It's not a good look. It's not, but it's exciting. Speaking of Brazilians, Firmino. They should just build a statue to him. (laughs) He's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, and he doesn't slow down. He keeps amazing for seasons. Right. Yeah. No. I thought he was actually maybe Liverpool's best player on, on on Friday night. Yeah, yeah, no, he played very well. And after, I mean, he wasn't playing every match in the Copa America, but, you know, after playing a um, summer tournament and, you know, the season that Liverpool had last season was very exhausting. So you would expect him to slow down and start the season in a slower pace. But no, he's, he's amazing. He keeps playing his best. Mm-hmm. And to me, no doubt, he's one of the top Brazilian in the current moment. And, you know, let's hope that he keeps it up because that's what it seems. If he doesn't get injured, then he's about to have another great season. I did struggle with it a little bit at the end of the season as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah for the Champions League final. I think so. I think that's um, the problem. Matsky, is this the season Divac Origi breaks into the team? He's not. No. The answer is no. Is it? Yeah, okay. the, the answer is right. uh, no. no. I love how he said, what did he say in the summer? Like something was telling me to stay. Something like that. I was like, yeah, the fact you're going to be able to play in Champions League semi-finals is what's telling you to stay. Mm -hmm. There is no way if he leaves, he's going to a level even remotely close to Liverpool. He's not going to Barca or Madrid or Bayern or PSG. He's dropping down to like mid-table. Yeah. So of course you're going to stay. (laughs) Don't act like it was the big (laughs) decision. (laughs) It was like that or realistically starting for Watford, West Ham. Maybe Everson, something like that. It wasn't a Champions League team yeah. wherever you were leaving, so duh. And okay. he does score goals. Yeah, in the and your league. first backup. So as soon as someone from the attacking line gets injured, you're in. Of course, yeah, most most players will take that. But he's not starting. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, like we say, Paul, you watched the match. You'd be hopeful of Norwich staying up from yeah. what yeah, you saw. I said it before the season started, and I'd say it again after Friday night. I think that they will. Calling it now, they'll they'll stay up. Okay. Friday night was a bit. There was times like defensively, they were shaky, but they were missing like Closer and Zimmerman. So Grant Hanley, who comic a long goal, shouldn't even have been on the park if like injuries weren't against them. Mm. I thought it was a decent finish. I'll give it was, yeah, yeah. It wasn't bad. <laughs> um, I just want to put it out there now, and I don't know whether you're a hater. I remember somebody's a hater. The Norwich awake it. It's fabulous. Ah, oh, yes, the McDonald's. It's outfit. absolutely fabulous, and I won't hear a bad word said about it. Anyway, Manchester United 4, Chelsea nil. Name on the trophy. Man United. They're beating Chelsea 4 0. They are? No? Okay. You're, you're having that, are you? Uh, no, definitely. No, no. I, I believe it's 40 to 1 for Manchester United's win. Yeah, that's, which that is, I think that's worth. 
a pound anyway, surely. No? 40 I to 1, Manchester United to win a league title. I think you could add another two zeros to that, and I still wouldn't put a, anything <laughs> on uh, Frank, It was Frank Lampard's heaviest defeat in the Premier League since he featured for the full 90 minutes in West Ham's 7-1 defeat to Manchester United. April 2000. Wow. There you go. Oh, stat for you. Stat fans. I did, who saw this game, the Man United game? Yeah. I did. Oh, you did. I didn't think the scoreline was as bad as Chelsea's performance. No, no, suggests. it wasn't. It, it, the score doesn't... Doesn't uh, reflect the truth. Doesn't reflect what the match was. The first match was very leveled. The first half was mm. very leveled. Like... You, you didn't see really one of the teams playing much better than the other. But then a little details made a difference, like Chelsea missed a lot of goals. Yeah, they hit the post. Was it once at 0-0, once mm, at 1-0? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, and then when you start missing chances like that, you get punished. And um, if Man United does not get rid of Pogba, then, you know, he, he was amazing in the match, like two perfect passes. So if... I don't think that they're running for the title. I don't even think they're going to be on the top four. But he makes a difference. He's the player that Chelsea lost. You know, Chelsea lost his Pogba to Real Madrid. So they're missing him. Well, see, I was watching him in the first half and I was thinking, this guy is awful. (laughs) He's really (laughs) awful. And then, and I even, I went through Twitter just like searching Pogba just to confirm that other people also thought he was awful. And of course, you always find somebody to back up your opinion, no matter how. No matter what the opinion is. No matter how ridiculous (laughs) your opinion is, go to Twitter, you'll get it confirmed. All good. Then in the second half, it was like he remembered he wanted to move to Real Madrid. And then he came out and was like, you know, pinging these passes, getting the assists. Yeah, no, he was amazing in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's been directly involved in 18 Premier League goals since Solskjaer took over the joint most of all players in the competition alongside Sergio Aguero I think it also has to do with his Mourinho time because you know he was not very happy he was on the bench so when he finally got on the pitch he said you know what I'll show you so I think there's definitely something to that Um, fellow Brazilian of yours David Luiz gone do you think Chelsea are going to regret selling him for sure <laughs> at least they did uh, this weekend for sure I don't think that Luiz is that good of a player maybe he was at some point but he was essential in some uh, schemes like some tactics from first with Conte and then last year also he played very very well so I think that he needs a bit of direction so if you teach him what to do and if you tell him and he will obey then he can do a really good match mm-hmm. and I, I think in that sense Chelsea needs someone stronger in the defence right now yeah it's an odd move it's an odd move was and it was on a the bit day, sudden on transfer deadline day mm. yeah and he didn't train it was, everything was very weird yeah. also he signed a new contract in like May yeah. and claiming mm. that he loved Chelsea and that you know he had a great time in the club and he wanted to be an idol or something like that yeah. and then, have you, you seen know, the, all the Chelsea fans because he left he, the reason he came back to Chelsea from PSG apparently was to open his restaurant in London oh he's got and a I, restaurant in London has yeah, he but after he's left to join mm. Arsenal all the Chelsea fans have overtaken the reviews <laughs> and they're all just boo no one star no stars <laughs> I saw a rat on the premises somewhere <laughs> taken it well of course what type of restaurant is it 
I don't know. Maybe a Brazilian I restaurant. No I have no idea. Hey, if anybody out there has been to <laughs> David Luiz's restaurant, give us a legit. I don't even review. know the name of the restaurant. No. But, well, I only found out he he owns a restaurant. Uh, Juan Basaka and Harry Maguire in the United Defence. Pretty impressive debut for them, I would say. I would You're say nodding. more for Wambasaka because mm. I think I was very impressed mm. by his performance and I think Maguire is a bit too much loved by the English media so maybe that's why I wasn't so impressed with him you know I think he's a bit overrated but he did a good match yeah Harry Maguire? Good, yeah yeah Although I, I, I immediately regretted not naming uh, Wan-Bissaka as my signing of this season after seeing him in the first half. Yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, he's very, very good. He'd be a great addition to them. Uh, as for your team, Matt, mm. Tottenham, opening day win. Look, that could have been a tricky fixture too. Um, they, you yes know, Phillips signed no. a lot of players, you know, a couple of interesting ones in there. Yeah, there was a few interesting ones. I think they still... I, I think Grealish is by far and away their standout player. Oh, yeah. He's a brilliant, brilliant player. When you bring in so many players ready for the Premier League, but it's still your old championship guy that's still the best player. I don't know. I just I questioned some of their signings, much like the three promoter teams. I just thought, who have they bought in that you're like, yeah, that is a quality Premier League player who's going to help them. I'm just not overly convinced by any of them. And, and you know, it was a, a lack piece of defending um, from for Spurs. The, for their goal for their goal mm. well taken McGinn's a great player but the, yeah the rest of the game it was like 72% possession for Spurs okay. they absolutely dominated and if they if Aston Villa hadn't scored it would have looked like the most 3-0 routine win in the world the okay. only one I'd say of the new signings Tom Heaton looks yeah. like 8 million and he had was it the Ericsson free kick yeah. it was incredible so he had a few great save really Premier League proven player the rest of them the rest are risks yeah I mean the, th- the thing is you can Trezeguet. don't get me wrong Trezeguet looks good <laughs> yeah it, it looks like a decent player but yeah. you're not and this is the problem you're not looking for players you're looking for players who know what they're supposed to be doing in the division who know over 38 games they're going to put in a shift and be there week in week out putting in you know 7, 8 out of 10 you're not necessarily looking for a game changer or a match winner that you're going to have to carry most of the time but then he pops up and scores you the winner because you're going to be under the pressure for most of the game and I don't think that Aston Villa have bought the right kind of players They, I still think they're a good side with some good players I'm just not so sure they're going to be I don't know. My, my tips get relegated to the three promoter teams. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a good win in the end. And it was just a, a case of when for Spurs. The fact that the goals came a bit late makes it look a bit trickier. But those goals could have come at any time. One of them from Tangai. Yeah. He looks good. He he does look good. He, look, he still, to me, is a bit... Sure, though, at points he looked a bit sort of overexcited and it, yeah. exaggerating things, you know, obviously desperate to impress, which is completely understandable. I think when he scored, that something just sort of clicked in his head where he was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. Like, I don't have to force it. Right. You know. It was an I'm, interesting celebration that he had. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like he, he just sort of... Not frustration, but he was sort of like, right, I've shown people what I can do, now I can get on with my game. Mm-hmm. And from then on, he was brilliant. He was good up until 70 minutes. And then from then, he was even better. And him and Sissoko really stepped it up. Lovely finish. Yeah. Mm. Great. And I, th- this is what I mean. You don't... The last thing that he would have wanted, and he seems like, you know, that kind of person is people walking away from the first game saying, 60 million's a bit much. He didn't do much. You know, he... I'm sure he's secretly delighted to sort of brush the price tag to the side get a good game under his belt for a start he club record signing 
Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think it's not that... The fee was big. It wasn't extraordinary. It's just because Spurs haven't spent much in the past that that was a club record. The club record before that was £42 million on Davinson Sanchez Whoa. as a centre-back. But it's because we hadn't paid a big deal of money before that. £60 million, though. It's not much. Yeah, it's the same as like Man Bellic. City have spent so much money that you expect their record one to be some hundred million and it's mm. Rodri this mm. summer that they broke it on yeah. you just assume that it's somebody the, the thing is the Spurs Spurs haven't had a need to buy the big signings because Kane Ali Eriksson Son have been there for about four or five years mm. so I'm sure now if Spurs were to buy a big signing and in the attacking department like Dybala um, <laughs> then yes Gareth Bale Gareth yeah. available then it would be a heck of a lot of money maybe Dybala was a bit cheaper because he wanted to go but yeah, someone like Nicolas Pepe, for example. Mm. Well, he didn't, he didn't quite go to you. Seventy-two million—that's yeah. like that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, we talked a bit, a little bit about this off-air, but I just want to mention it now. Harry Kane—he mm. looks great. The man's got it all. Yeah. Was he dropped? Like he's go look at the pictures. He's dropped a bit of weight. I, I don't. Yeah, he just, He's turned it all into muscle. But yeah. He's, he's dropped a bit of. He weight. looks a bit slimmer. Looks ready. He looked like he needed that break. Yes, I think so too. Absolutely. I saw Sadio Mane saying that he hasn't had a rest in absolutely forever. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that it is a big thing for footballers. It's funny because when you look at the international squad and the UEFA Nations League and they came home, I think it was June 8th or something. Um, and the rest of the Premier League had been off since May 12th was the final day, so May 13th. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Yeah. For some of the players, like for Sadio Mane to have got back into first team training I think it was last Monday yeah it was last Monday and then he played five days later that's against Norwich that's mental like to have you know two weeks off and look at the strain they go through don't get me wrong people are out there listening saying yeah well I'd do that for a couple of hours training a day and 300 grand a week of course you would but you know in, in, in the terms of the intensity and what they're doing to the body these guys go through crazy crazy stress according to the nice people at second captains 12 shots in 64 minutes without Ericsson 19 shots in 26 minutes with him why isn't he starting I think it was a message from from Maurizio Pochettino who's been known to do it before to leave players out and have a strong sort of say on things I guess it was one way of of sort of setting down the challenge to Ericsson Mm -hmm. so you know if you want I don't know 200k a week show us that you're worth it and he did in those 26 minutes but it's also a way of saying that no player's bigger than the club and you know we've got players that can play if you know if you want to go to Real Madrid or Juventus wherever he wants to go mm-hmm. so was it a message that we can cope without you? Um, well it's it, again it's easy to say no because Spurs were losing 1-0 until he came on mm. but it probably yeah is a message of we've got you know other top quality players in this position Los Celso hasn't even been brought into the team yet either so yeah I, th- I think Spurs are in a healthy position with or without Ericsson but he'd be a massive massive miss for sure he he could play passes that very very few other players can in the Premier League never mind at, at Spurs there's only a handful of passes as good as him so he's going to be there for this season because they could lose him on a free next season right yeah, that's the thing I think and it's probably what I want to happen more than what I think will happen um, <laughs> he'll stay for the season and we'll find a way of getting to agree which is what I've seen in newspapers him to agree to a new deal which involves a low buyout clause so oh, okay. we'll, he'll sign apparently this new four year deal worth 200k a week has got a if Real Madrid come the 50 million is acceptable which it's fine 50 million 
Yeah. My God, we just throw these numbers out there. They're not even real anymore. No. Not even. Real. And they're low now. Yeah. And they're what? Low. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I remember when Chris Sutton was sold for five million, and the whole world <laughs> lost its every shit. penny of it. Well, not to not the Celtic. When you went to when you well, went to, when went to Chelsea, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, you did you want to mention how you felt about the Everton game? Oh, bored and sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna watched the Everton game and fell asleep. Yeah. Oh, really? Come on. It was like nothing was happening and I had high hopes for Everton. And I think apart from two, three shots on goal, it was like I could just do the dishes, cook and mm. clean the house and the match is going on and you're not missing anything. You know, you're just listening and if the broadcaster raises the voice, you just look to see what's going on. And I did that a few times because... Mm. Not the game I was expecting. The fans forgave Zaha pretty quick, though, didn't they? He got a, if not standing ovation, they applauded him. That was the most exciting moment of the match. I I could swear that he was going to be booed. And then everybody was clapping him. I was like, what is going on? Even after the game, Hodgson seemed a bit surprised. He was like, oh, I thought the fans were going to treat him a bit differently. I was like, well, well, they sort of have kind to. Of right? want There's them. not much else there. They, they sort of. Oh, yeah, this is the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You booze out of the club. Who are you left? Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, wins for Arsenal, Newcastle, uh, over Newcastle, I should say. Burnley over Southampton, Brighton over Watford. Couple of draws. Anybody want to mention anything from those games? If not, the can. Brighton game was a shock. Yeah, well, I don't expect that. Time, yeah. 3 0. I had them pegged to go down. Yeah, I had them pegged to struggle as well. I'm, I'm no doubt Potter's a good coach, um, but your debut season in the Premier League and, you know, Watford pretty well last season, FA Cup final as well. Did not expect that. That's one of those shock results. I can't see it happening again, but yeah. fair play to them. Okay. Uh, speaking of your Spurs, Matt, mm. they take on City in Manchester Saturday night. <sighs> Looks, yeah, you can't see his face, but he looks. He yeah, looks really you can imagine. My next question is, what are you expecting from this game? But I think I might know goals, the answer. Goals, Matt. Goals. Yeah, goals, and it's it's really a test. I say it every year, and it's remained the same for the last five years. It's a test of Spurs as a team on how far they've come. Because the the child me watching Spurs knew our soft underbelly would be exposed. We'd either get too excited at one nil up or our heads would drop at 1-0 down. And whatever happened, whatever minute, the other team would turn it around or we'd get absolutely battered from the off. This is what being a Spurs fan does to you. Yeah, this is it. So part of me says, yeah, of course I take a draw before the game. You take a point and escape. But another part of me says, you know what, if we're supposed to be title challengers, why can't we go there and give a strong game and try to dominate and play Spurs' as football and not just sink into the routine of, I hope we don't get battered. Because, you know... Not the Champions League four that, months that, ago as well. Yeah, that, that's the thing. That will, that will give them a lot of heart as well. Having seen Spurs play on Sunday and City on Saturday, obviously doesn't fill me with the greatest of optimism. But <laughs> yeah, look, again, you never know. There's, I still think City are, are there to be given a game. I'm not saying they're there to be beaten because you know that's that's a big one. But Spurs with the players they've got can certainly give them a game. I'd st- be annoyed if they didn't. I have Sterling as my fantasy football captain, so oh, I have Kane. Here we go. I was waiting <laughs> yeah. top of the league after week one. Huh? Yeah, I didn't want to mention why. it. There. Oh, I, didn't I want saw to mention this. It, he got I... like forty odd points or something. No, 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 ninety-eight points. No, 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 Sterling himself. Oh, I mean. Sterling. Yeah, I had Sterling as my captain. Trent Alexander. We have our own. We have our own sort of internal newsroom fantasy football, and uh, one of us in this podcast was top. I don't, I don't want to mention any names. Yeah. I don't want to boast. 
So but look, look at where you are in May. It, and isn't it, it? Well, that's mm. the thing. I, it'll be the only week I'm top, so it was pure. Doing enjoy like, it. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's yeah. the way like Brighton would have been top of the league if City hadn't went and right. smashed West Ham. Yeah. Wow. Who wouldn't have been top because then Sterling? So the domino effect. Yeah, that's how it works. Uh, is there any way City can be stopped in this game? Short answer: No. Well, maybe I do remember the Premier League game last season the one just after the Champions League and Spurs really put it up. I think it was the one Foden scored the only goal yeah that was it and Spurs really put it up to them but City were brilliant at the back that day so it was a no. bit more of a resolute one yeah short answer maybe not maybe I don't know I, I really like Spurs I, I think Spurs will be good this year so but no <laughs> but yeah. they won't stop City you grinding City. me down. Just, it's like playing against City here just yeah. I'm relentless yeah. I'm, this is tactical fouling yeah, oh, well, yes. yeah don't mention that not that I mention that okay elsewhere uh, and stop me if you have anything to say about these games Arsenal Burnley Okay, Villa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. There's not much to, to say about that. Well, it'd be good to strong. see Arsenal play some of the the new guys. Like none of the, the mm. new signings actually started the game in Newcastle. Yeah. So yeah. I know like Tierney's injured, but the rest. To to be fair, Burnley Burnley started very well. That's a, that's sorry. That's a teardrop that just fell down. Yeah. Oh, the Kieran yeah. Tierney. Tierney yeah. Is is he back? No, he's out for. He's out. Six weeks. Oh, wow. we, we sold injury. them a dud there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the latest with Ozil and Kalasnic? Are they able to play? Does anybody know? Uh, no. There's been no. There's been no. no update. Update. Apparently, Kalasnic's wife has like left the country, come back to Germany and stuff as well. So it's like really. It's a pretty serious frightening. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. frightening. That. Yeah. Uh, Villa Burn. Uh, Villa Bournemouth. Well, the only thing I would mention that is. Bournemouth started another new goalkeeper at the week they had the young Irish guy that Travers last mm. season mm. and now the Aaron Ramsdale started the, the first game of the season so that's going to be they've got like four it's not decent like Begovic really struggled last year and Artur Boric is an old man now but they do have four Premier League standard keepers there so it's weird to see what Howe's going to I do. saw this the other day Bournemouth fans complaining that all of them are terrible <laughs> <laughs> just said they, just, they didn't yeah. want any of them I think the Irish guy is okay yeah he, he's, he's yeah. just alright I was yeah. surprised that Travers actually didn't start the game but yeah. yeah I have to say I didn't know Arthur Boric was still playing football well he's not he's still at Bournemouth but mm. playing football <laughs> playing football is different but I won't have a bad word against them <laughs> Everton Watford Everton of course your uh, favourite Premier League club no, not my favourite, but, you know, I like Richardson a lot and he's had a great season. I hope he keeps level and let's see. I, he did play well, I have to say. The, the match was boring, but he was OK, especially if you consider that, you know, during the summer he also mm. played the tournament and yeah. he, mm. had, he was sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I'm very interested to see how Moise Keane gets on there. I put him down as my buy of the summer. I put him as a captain and didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't silly enough to put him into my Premier League team. Yeah, I'm actually excited to see him as well. Though. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited too, but I think he felt the, the bit of a rhythm loss, you know, in, oh, okay. in the last match. Like, yeah. he's he's uh, used to the Italian rhythm and then he got into the match and was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> but he'll catch up. He's young. Yeah. This is the thing. He's young and if he was coming through, you'd give him loads of time. 
but because he's got a you know almost 40 million prize tag mm. he might not get that much time but I think he's still young and he could be in and out of the side all season that shouldn't make a difference to yeah, you know, his I future I really don't rate him Oh, because well, you're an Italian football expert. Yeah, well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but I, just, I thought he just had a decent purple patch around like March, April last year when it was seemed to be like everything he touched turned to gold, and he couldn't do any wrong. But apart from that, like he has large spells in games where he doesn't do it. He just fades right out of the game, and then he would come up and granted he'd get a goal. But I just don't know whether that was an amazing streak of luck maybe be too oh. harsh a word Ooh. early in his career I don't know a lot wow. of people are high on him but I'm just I'm really Whelan slams Moisey wow <laughs> disappointing Norwich Newcastle Southampton Liverpool Sheffield United Crystal Palace <sighs> God these are this isn't the most exciting Premier League is back it's, yeah. t- it's a tough sell this weekend <laughs> yeah Chelsea Leicester Wolves Man United that could be interesting yeah, but considering their um, sorry, considering Wolves' is a record against the top six last season, it could definitely be interesting. I think they're still a really, really good team, Wolves, and especially, I mean, all eyes are going to be on Manchester United. Was the four 0 fluke? Are they the real deal? Are they going to win the league? Yeah, this is this is a, a big a big test of a game. That forty sure. to one price could start yeah. to move in. Could start to move in. Uh, a couple of questions here. Podcast at onefootball.com if you want to get in touch. Hey guys, Rishi from Mumbai, India here. I'm 15 years old. Oh, remember being 15 years Those old. Those were the days. Uh, and I'm a Liverpool fan. Do you think Alex Oxlade Chamberlain will get a spot in the starting lineup this season after returning from injury? Your podcast is wonderful. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Rishi. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, anybody? Has he got a chance? <laughs> well, Klopp put him in. In the Super Cup, and it mm. was his first start since 16, April 2018. Yeah, 16 months. Yeah, so long, long time. But I think the, that team's moved on so much in the time that he's been out. I just don't see what, as a starter, I don't see where he gets in. He's not going to dislodge any of the three guys in attack, and Origi's there as well. And then you're looking at midfield and Fabinho, Henderson, Wijnaldum, Kate. It's Pretty stacked there as well, so he could be there. So no, so no, yeah. I just don't see. I don't see how or who he takes the place. He's the perfect squad player. Yeah, absolutely. He's another one of these guys who I I feel for them sometimes, and other times I just think it's a bit of a shame on their career, where you're sort of availability and being a utility man and playing everywhere in the team is great for the team, and everyone loves you for it, but you never really go down as the hero you're always the accomplice you know you're never the one guy who everyone turns to and says that position there is his best position without doubt no one even knows what his position is Yeah, I don't even think he knows (laughs) so you can't that's not a good start then yeah you can't imagine going into Klopp's office and being like trust me I'm the best centre mid and Klopp's scratching his head going oh I had you down as a left winger and you can't even agree on a position never mind getting into that position so you know he's He's always on, going to be on the edge. I think on the bright side, that makes, makes him perfect for, you know, the uh, 12th player. Whenever someone is hurt, you know, he can play anywhere. But yeah, that, that, <laughs> Just that's, put him on. That's what I mean. You need to rotate the team because you're <laughs> playing like four different tournaments. Put him on. He'll never, he'll never get that to that level, I don't think. And I've, I know very few players I can think of that would get to that level being a utility man, being a squad player because you're always going to be asked to do a job rather than excel in your own position. He might be a League Cup starter. 
Yeah, exactly. And there's no if you're big... signing the League Cup squad, you know exactly. It's He's no perfect for the rotation. Than... Yeah, there's no bigger insult than being a League Cup starter. I always wondered that, right? When so let's say so very quickly, if you're a player and you're struggling to get into the first team, the League Cup comes around, the boss puts you in. You're either saying yes, this is my chance, I finally get to play games because this is what I've wanted all along, or you look around, realise that you're the captain at age 25. There's a load of youngsters and one old guy on the pitch, and you're like, ah, I'm with them now. I'm well, not on the cool kids' table. I think it depends on, on your attitude as a player. I think if you're bitter, then that's how you'll yeah. see it. But if you want to, you know, if you're serious about it and you really want to take a chance, then you're the... You're but the, as you said, it is a big insult. You know where you stand it, it, if it you get all the League Cup games. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see why some might see it as an insult. Yeah. Anthony Lewis has been in touch. I just, got listened to, I just got a chance to listen to the last podcast, which was a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't help but notice that Benny Coolhoff was shining. <laughs> shining? Shining. That man was a steamroller. Can't help but share his feeling on Neymar and Griezmann, maybe the most petulant footballers in Europe. <laughs> certainly, certainly Neymar. Yeah, that, that was... I don't know if anybody's seen these videos that Barcelona are doing with Griezmann at the moment. Yeah, oh, they asked him his favourite movie and he named his own documentary. You are joking. I didn't movie. see that, really? Did he really say yeah, that? Yeah, Benny's yeah. going to love him even more now. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's the worst. I once was pro-Griezmann, but I'm, I'm certainly moving towards the yeah. camp. Yeah, I'm with you there. Okay. Huh. And we I kind of like him. You like him? I don't care what he does off the pitch. Well, I, I'm just a football I used to like him till I started hanging out with these guys. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> we've poisoned you. <laughs> he also said he was asked who has the best hair in Barcelona, and he said himself as of well. Of course, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, uh, more on Benny from Precious Ibarama. Benny is by far the best podcaster on this podcast. I feel like this is Benny just emailing in on his own. You know, <laughs> Under various names. Various aliases. Yeah, this is far too much pra- it's far too That's much what he's doing when he's not in the office. When he's not in the office, that's what he's doing. Yeah, never mind all that other stuff he has to do. Uh, a quick couple of transfer rumours to either put to bed or tell us where they stand. Coutinho, Bayern Munich. Closer to Bayern, it seems. Okay. Yeah, let's hope for that. Mm. You know, I think it would be good for Bayern and good for Coutinho because okay. he really needs a fresh start and he's not going to have a... If he stays in Barcelona, he's not going to have a good season and he doesn't want to be uh, like a trade for Neymar. He wa- doesn't want to be included in the Neymar exchange. So I think Bayern might be a good restart for him. That's also another insult. Being in the League Cup squad and being part of a player deal. Part of the player deal. We'll throw you in there. You're like an extra. You're like a McDonald's toy. Yeah, it is a little. (laughs) Part of the Happy Meal. Uh, (laughs) Neymar to Real Madrid. It seems like he's closer to Barcelona again today. So, you know, it comes and goes. And I really don't know what Barcelona or Real Madrid want with Neymar. But, you know, it's their choice, not mine. Marketing money. Uh, The one and the one that me and you have been talking about quite a bit, Balotelli. Oh, it breaks our hearts. He's, he's not, breaks my heart that he's not, not coming to Flamengo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What happened? It breaks my heart. It seems like he had a deal done with Brescia already or almost done. So they just don't want to announce it, but it probably be, will be announced next week. But it but was real, the idea of him going to Flamengo It was, and, was and Flamengo's ha, Flamengo has people in, they were in Lisbon negotiating with some other guy that has contact with him, and now it seems like they have a meeting today with Mino Raiola, because they haven't given up yet, so we still have hope. Ooh, but yeah. there was some talk that he, the contract was in uh, Reis, 
Uh, but he thought it was euros that there was some sort of confusion over yeah that. something like that you know okay. just a big mess but if I, I don't think it's coming anymore but it was a good uh, transfer well, to as, well, to as we were saying Balotelli in Rio can you imagine oh, that it's what, like De Rossi in Buenos Aires all the Italians this could be what could South possi- America be the what, new home for but them but what could possibly go wrong with Balotelli in Rio oh, and yeah, you know he's yeah. going to need like some sort of guide someone to walk him through the city and Adriano speaks Italian so it's perfect <laughs> Look, the dream team. Can you imagine this duo, this double? The inter-strike force that never Imagine hanging out with Balotelli and Adriano. That's the self-dream. We're going to be writing, we would be writing stories every day. It would be the dream. Okay. Uh, Porig? Yes. Do you want to mention? I don't. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I could, I could cry. Cluj, is that how it's pronounced? Oh. No, I, th- I believe so. Is it is it better that we? I think it pronounces it differently. <laughs> should we should we leave it? Should we leave the podcast on that now? We might have to. I mean, the the laptop was very close to hitting someone in the head the other <laughs> night, so I don't want this one to go the same way. Okay, but it's all good in the league. Well, is it though? I don't know. I'm starting to get worried about that now. No, you'll walk that. I don't know. Anyway. That's all from us today. My thanks to Joanna Madden Porik. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is, get your podcast hit. And like I said, if you want to get in touch, the address to do so is podcast on onefootball.com. 